Hi, this is Kendall Boyson, professional life and recovery coach, and you're listening to Encouragementology, the practice of instilling hope. Hi there. Thanks for joining me. On this show, we are examining our experiences to find positive fuel that will propel us forward instead of painful memories that will hold us back. Do you feel stuck, limited by your circumstances, unsure of how to let go, learn, and move forward? We've all been there and may be struggling in that place today. Mariah is here to share her story and her light with us. I hope you'll share it with others. Your past does not define you. It isn't the end of your story, but the beginning. No matter what you're dealing with, you will be inspired by Mariah, a heart for hurting. Have you ever had a good idea? You know, that thing that sounds fun, creative, meaningful, profitable, passionate, that inspiring idea. What did you do with it? Do you still have it, or did you talk yourself out of acting on it? Maybe it was a fun idea or business venture, but perhaps it was your passion and your purpose. Maybe it's still burning in you, begging you to bring it to life. What's holding you back? Catherine Pulsifer said, Let your ideas and thoughts give you inspiration. All creativity comes from your imagination. You first imagine, and then you create. Meet Mariah, a beautiful soul who was challenged, shaped, and then motivated to make a meaningful impact through her experiences. excited. Today I have a guest with me. I'm excited to introduce you to Mariah Roan. Mariah, say hi to everybody. Hi, Kendall. I'm so happy to be with you. You are one of my favorite people in the whole wide world. Ah, well, that's the best way to start an interview, of course. (laughs) But Mariah is joining us for a number of reasons. I'm very, very inspired by her life and everything that she's done. And Uh, It's just a great chance to get together, kind of talk through some of her past and some of her present and kind of where she's going. She's been inspirational to me. We actually have a little history together. We're friends. We're soul sisters. But um, so I just wanted to introduce um, Mariah to kind of give you just my background. Obviously, she's got a big background that brought her to where she is today, but we're going to talk about that. Mariah is um, a certified alcohol and drug counselor, but that's not all she is. But we are going to learn about what the CADC means to her. It is a big thing in uh, a big need for us today. She has spent 225 hours on that certification, and that's really digging into not only patients that struggle with substance abuse, but also their families, inpatient, outpatient. There's a lot that goes into that. But Mariah is an entrepreneur, and she's done all kinds of things. So we're going to learn about her current venture, what she's doing with her counseling, moving forward, how she's impacting people of all places, all stops on their journey. So Mariah, let's get started. And I just want to talk about why why now? Like where? what brought you to here? 
where, what led you to um, kind of where you are today? Just give us a background. Well, how long is your show, Kendall? (laughs) (laughs) We'll stay all day for you, of course. Yeah, like you said, I'm into a lot of things, but um, the CADC and counseling, that's a big part of my history. So um, a little bit of background, I grew up in a house with my mom, who was an amazing mother, but she also struggled with addiction. And uh, my dad was there too. And he was just the biggest Christ-like influence on my life that I could have ever asked for. So um, my mom was strong in her faith too, but she definitely had her struggles. Uh, so growing up, I had very two very um, different paths to take. My dad didn't drink at all. And uh, I followed in my mom's footsteps for a while and definitely started out down that path. But as I grew up, I saw that that wasn't going to lead anywhere. So I made a quick 180 and got into addiction counseling. That's amazing. So you actually saw that, you know, as a young woman, you know, obviously we're going to dabble around and do different things and push the barriers as we always do. Mm -hmm. And so you, you felt yourself going down that path. So you pulled back and decided to get uh, not only help for yourself and, and understanding for yourself, but to be able to help others. Absolutely. Yeah. It was um, not probably until my early twenties, you know, I was, my mom started drinking with me at a pretty young age and I had older sisters. So it was kind of just normal in our house, you know, and then my mom got diagnosed with cirrhosis when I was probably 18 And that kind of started to open my eyes. And then walking through that with her really had an impact on like, okay, what am I going to do here? You know, I I see what this can lead to. And is that the life that I want? And um, about the same time I was graduating college and trying to figure out what I was going to do. And God placed me in a supervised living site for people with mental illness and addiction. And even though that wasn't what I had planned to go into kind of where I found myself and it really just worked out well because I was then able to help my mom during her um, end stages of cirrhosis. That's wonderful. How do you think, um, as you just mentioned, helping your mom, what do you think that that training did? Like, how did that change your relationship with your mom and how were you there to support her that way? Oh my gosh. It gave me so much more empathy. I had no empathy before for her. I was just, I did, I had no understanding of addiction. I didn't look at her as having struggles. I looked at her as, you know, why doesn't she ever remember what I say, you know, not recognizing that it was blackouts or, you know, looking at other people's moms and wanting the relationships that they had whenever, now in hindsight, I'm just like, wow, she was such a good mom in spite of her addiction. Like everything that she was going through, she she still showed up. She was still loving. Like we still had amazing memories. And so those are the things that I like to look back on. That's great. I think you're you're right. Um, of course, I've we Mariah and actually met uh, at inpatient. We were both working there instead of actually there. So I was volunteering <laughs> with um, leading a group there called Women Connect, and I connected with Mariah as well. <laughs> but I think you're right. That's one thing. Being able to listen without judgment is a big thing. 
you know, and being able to actively listen and show compassion and empathy and realize that, you know, judging someone, belittling someone, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. Not at all. No. No. And from our angle, the benefit of, you know, we weren't wronged. This is not a family member of ours. So we're not frustrated and we're not at wit's end. And we've got a little bit more space for, for compassion. And you can, you know, really turn somebody around by just reaching that point of encouragement. You know, sometimes that's all someone needs. And of course, being a woman of faith, you prayed with them. And in many cases, really introduce them to God and Jesus and how to take another path, right? Yeah, I mean, everybody's familiar with the 12 steps. So that was always incorporated and, you know, just surrendering and finding your peace and God's will for your life. I mean, that's the biggest success stories that I saw was whenever people would surrender and just say, I can't do it on my own. That's right. That's right. I had a discussion with somebody about that first step, surrender. And it's difficult in today's world when we talk about empowerment and you can do anything you want. You can, you're mm-hmm. independent. You could do this by yourself. And so for some people, they think surrender is failure. Like I'm failing. So I finally gave up and said I'm a loser. But surrendering is really coming to that place of understanding that. I can't do this alone. I will need help to do this. And if we're in this power struggle, how are we ever going to move forward if we continually think we can do it all? Yeah. And most of the time people come to that place because they've tried to do it on their own. So it's not that you are a failure. It's that what you've done hasn't worked so far. So why not admit that like, hey, maybe I don't know it all. Maybe I can't do this on my own. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I know that's a huge passion of yours and but things have kind of changed in your life, so you're not uh you're not inpatient counseling anymore, is that correct? What kind of led you to leave that path? Yeah, that's right. Um so my husband is a attorney and he has his own law firm and we kind of move around with that. So it was hard to maintain a full-time job in an inpatient facility, but I do still pick up shifts. I'm still on their PRN list. So whenever I'm in the area, I can go back and work. Um, but because we've been traveling, we started a couple other ventures. We Airbnb our houses. Um, we're originally from St. Louis. So we have a place in St. Louis and then a place in Southern Illinois. And right now we're in Florida for the winter. So I'm not mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you are not mad about that. That's exciting. That is so exciting. But you have another venture too. So I'm pretty sure, did you start this during the shut-in when we were all shut in? Is that when you <laughs> got inspired to, to start your website? Yes. Yeah. 2020 was, I think the year of blogs. (laughs) It was, well, it was, I think it was the year of venture. And I like that because, you know, you know, you could either sit there and twiddle your thumbs and get mad and frustrated, or you can say, Hey, what can I do? And I, you know, Mm -hmm. you started that and I knitted about 250 hats. So So let's see your prayingfriend.com is Mariah's I am your praying friend. Yeah. Tell us about the inspiration for that. How did, how did you come, come about? Yeah. 
Um, that's a funny question because I can't really pinpoint when I came up with the idea, but yeah, it was in 2020. And I just think that I knew there was a need for prayer. And I always saw it in the inpatient rehab. Like that's, like I said, that's where I would see big changes in people's lives whenever they started seeking God. And I was like, you know what? I think I can reach more people than just my little area here. Let me see what I can do online. And from there, I now do individual counseling online. Um, That website, it's just full of resources, things that I've done in counseling that I've made available to people, anybody that visits. So I really have a heart for the families of people with addictions because that was the position that I found myself in. So I think I can relate with that the most. But also having counseled hundreds of people that have addictions, I think, you know, I can understand both roles. So the website's um, geared mostly towards that. A lot of the resources have to do with addiction, but it's anybody just struggling, you know, just needing prayer. There's a prayer request tab on there. You can reach out, send me an email. I'm happy to pray with people. I'm happy to set up individual counseling online. I just, I have a heart for the hurting. So if you're hurting, I want to pray with you. Oh, I love that. A heart for the hurting. And so you have, it's not only where you take prayer requests, but you also do a blog and that's basically different topics of um, counseling techniques and things that you've had to, or that you've dealt with. And so how often do you publish a, a blog? Is this a weekly blog? So I, I feel like I have enough content on there now that it's, I've built up just resources. And like you said, things that I've done in counseling, so I don't blog as much as I used to because, you know, I started another venture. <laughs> journaling is like I promoted that a lot in my blogs, like how beneficial journaling can be. And I just started creating my own journals. So being a counselor in an inpatient rehab, I had access to tons of workbooks and resources that I would always give to my clients. But I always wanted to incorporate prayer and you know, just spending time with Jesus. A lot of times journaling, you know, if you ask somebody to write down their thoughts or their feelings, they just have a blank piece of paper. Like nobody's really into that anymore or so, so far that I've encountered. But um, if I give journal prompts or like a prayer prompt or a scripture, then I find that people are a lot more responsive. So all of my books are meant to be interactive. Yeah, I love that. And so if you missed that, she actually created her own journal. So this is your design, your pages. Mm-hmm. You got it all printed. They're on amazon.com. They're on yourprayingfriend.com. You can go there and um, you can order them. And so they're really interactive. They help you. So what would you say is the benefit of journaling? If you were, if it was your elevator pitch on the benefits of journaling, what would you say? So the favorite of mine is gratitude journaling, because I just find that a grateful heart can't be angry. It can't be resentful. It can't be sad. So whenever we're practicing gratitude, it's really hard to, to, sit with any of those other difficult emotions. I feel like, you know, even if you find yourself getting stressed out, you start counting your blessings and all of a sudden your mood changes. So um, that would be my pitch. Like, hey, you know what? Just start with gratitude journaling. If you want to start somewhere, if you're like, I I can improve on one thing, 
make a list of five things you're grateful in the morning. That's it. I love that. I, I think you're exactly right. And, you know, sometimes we've said it before, you know, you have all these things happen great during the day and then one negative thing comes along and it's all you can think about. So journaling mm-hmm. gratitude just reminds you of all those things that you might've overlooked at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. I don't know how you feel about this, but journaling is not a diary. So what I mean by that is I found that people and myself included. So a diary you feel like is in this chronological order and you miss a day and then you feel, well, I got to go back and I got to catch up the last three days. And then I got to, you know, and you feel like if you don't, if, especially if you write it at the top, Monday, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? And you skip Tuesday, Wednesday. And then by Thursday, I don't want to do it because I got to catch up two days. So what do you right. tell, has that been an, um, an obstacle that people or an objection people bring up? Yeah. And I think that's why I designed mine the way that I do. Like it's not just, I mean, I have just notebooks. So if that's your thing to just write your feelings and get your emotions out by all means, if it works for you, do it. What I found is that most people need a prompt. So there's, you know, what challenges are you facing and what have you learned from it? You know, um, just simple things like prayers, like God help me to love people the way that I want to be loved. You know, let me, let me be a light in somebody's life today. So it's short things typically. And it's just a reflection. Like what can I do for my neighbor? What can I do for my friend? Or if I'm in a difficult situation, what would I say to a friend that's going through that situation? So it's kind of just thought provoking things that get you to work through whatever struggle you're facing. I love that. You're exactly right. Those prompts are fun because you can Mm -hmm. sit down again, almost have that stage fright when it goes to write something down. I don't know. I think we should collab. We need an encouragementology journal with the different challenges. Yeah, I love that idea. Well, I love that idea because I think that, um, you know, there's those therapeutic pieces that you can actually use are tools in your toolbox that you really, really need. And, you know, we talk about, I I can't even tell you the amount of articles with ideas that I have curated over the years that Mm -hmm. all say gratitude and meditation. And I almost Mm -hmm. feel like, oh my gosh, if I say that word again, people are going to choke me, but we have to look at it differently because we can make a lot of these blanket statements like journaling, you need a journal, you need it. But if you don't really know, like to your point, what you're getting out of it and what you're doing, then it's not going to be therapeutic. You know, it's not going to be helpful. It's just going to be one of those other things on your list that you didn't do. Right. And now you feel guilty Mm -hmm. for it. So I love that. I gave, um, I had a, a, a friend who was attempting to write a letter. This is another way that you could um, use journaling. And she was really mad. And I said, okay, let's write this letter like you're packing for a trip. Pack everything you can think of, all the shoes you want to bring, I mean, everything. Now go back and unpack what is not necessary and then send it to me and I'm going to unpack some more, right? So I think journaling lets you get out everything that you really wanted to say when you can't say it, right? 
So that's just another. And I love what you just described. I'm probably gonna have to write a blog post about that now. (laughs) That is great. Yeah. Yeah. Unpack it. Stop carrying around those burdens for sure. Oh, because that'll, that will taint everything that you do when you just carry that burden Mm -hmm. into it's the, you know, it's the past experience burden instead of walking into something just kind of clean and clear and ready to go. So heavy, they weigh us down. That's exactly right. So you're, you um, are now in case they miss that too, you are now counseling one-on-one. So whether Mm -hmm. that is someone needing help with journaling, praying, addiction, whatever that may be a friendly person to talk to somebody that's been there and has so much experience by working with so many different people. And can they get in touch with you on your prayingfriend.com? Yes. So there's a connect page on there, or I think the emails on every page. So anywhere you click, you should be able to find me. And you have Instagram, you have Facebook, you have all of the above. Yes. Good. Yeah. Instagram, I post a daily Bible verse every day. And then Facebook, we have a group called Your Praying Friend. So just um, inspirational things, motivating things, encouraging all the good things that you need from supportive friends. That's wonderful. And I don't want us to miss the fact that Mariah is a workout buff. I just want to tell you, <laughs> she's incredibly fit and she takes her exercise. Don't oversell it, Kendall. Come on. She takes her exercise and health very, very seriously. So tell me that kind of works into your whole mantra, right? What, what would you say about how that's, you've got prayer, health, exercise, like how is that your trifecta? Yeah, it's my coping skill, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, and that actually started at a really young age for me. So growing up in my house, it was unpredictable and there were, was a lot of fighting. So I really leaned on going for a run or just going to walk and just burning off that energy. And it is so beneficial. And we know that it improves our mood in general. So if we do it every day, you know, we're going to have those endorphins, that dopamine, those things that we are seeking unnaturally, we can get them naturally. I love that. So you just work that into, it has to be a habit. You know, you just have to work it in. I'm I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself because I'm, my <laughs> listeners know I'm the absolute worst. Um, so I'm going to try to take that, but I did have a friend tell me that she does prayer and yoga so that she does it, but like, it's kind of a combo, right? Whether she yeah. would have gotten up and read a devotional or prayed in the morning, then she gets on her mat. So she's doing two things at one time. Do you do something? Absolutely. I list, yeah. I listen to worship music whenever I'm working out. Nice. Feed your soul while you're striving for a healthy mind and body. I love that. That is so awesome. So, you know, hindsight is 2020. And when we look back and, you know, I, I love to give people just a little bit of inspiration and still some hope um, to what encouragementology is all about. And, you know, if you could look back at little Mariah, and, uh, and, and give her any advice or anyone else that's kind of sitting there thinking, you know, I really want to make a change. We're not in a lockdown situation anymore, but I'm kind of ready for something. I need to find some purpose. I need to be, you know, find my passion. What would you say to that? 
Yeah. So like you said, hindsight's twenty twenty, and it's easy to look back and say, oh, would I have done that? I mean, I have plenty of things that I wouldn't have done and that I shouldn't have done. And, you know, it's tempting to say that I would change it, but at the same time, would I be where I'm at now if I changed any of that? Would I have learned the lessons that I've learned? Would I have gained the insight that I have? I, I don't, I think we learn the most in our struggles. So and if you take away those learning periods, then I don't know what wisdom and knowledge you're going to really gain. That's so true. So true. So what, um, what about somebody thinking, you know, I want to do something new. What would you tell them? How do they search and soul seek and, and try to get, get going? Yeah, I think, so I was talking to my friend recently about purpose and just, you know, some people have just standout qualities. Like I look at my sister and she's amazing at art. She's so crafty. She could make anything. You know, I have other friends that can sing and just some people are just, they look like they just got all the talent and you're just like, how did you get all of that? And for the rest of us that don't have anything that particularly stands out, you know, how do we find out what our purpose is whenever we're not like, extraordinary at something so I think uh, for me it was just following God and his plan and his purpose because as I've gotten older I've had the opportunity to look back and see man he's been there every step of the way when the times were the worst times I've ever gone through and I thought he left me he didn't like those were the times that I was learning and that's brought me to where I am so if you're trying to discover your purpose I would just encourage you to, if you have really good qualities or something that you're very talented in, follow that talent, like build on your strengths. But if nothing really sticks out, don't be afraid to fail. Don't be afraid to try things. Self-doubt and fear of failure can really hold us back. So I think if we push through those um, uncomfortable situations, that a lot of times we'll discover what we were really made for. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love the extraordinary thought. You know, some people are so afraid just to take a step forward because they don't feel extraordinary or they don't mm-hmm. see themselves that way. But there's so much in this world. Don't get caught up in all the the social media and everybody, you know, looking like they're amazing. You we all are unique and gifted and we have purpose. You're exactly yeah. right. I absolutely say comparison is the thief of joy, right? That's it. Mm -hmm. Comparison is the thief of joy. That is amazing. So I just wanted to recap too, because I don't want anybody to forget how amazing and extraordinary Mariah Roan is. You can visit her at yourprayingfriend.com. And there you can not only get a prayer request, You can also get access to her techniques and some of the feelings that she has, whether you're um, a family dealing with addiction or you're someone struggling with abuse, substance abuse yourself, and you're just not sure what to do and where to turn, please go check out her website and you can get those amazing journals. They make great gifts. So they're Mm -hmm. available there. And um, I hope that you'll visit her on and follow her on Facebook and Instagram so you can see all the wonderful things she's doing. Thank you so much, Mariah. Very blessed to have you with me today. And I can't wait to watch what you do next. Thank you. So, so inspiring. 
Even though Mariah claims to be an introvert, she is full of joy and always at the ready to share it. She is hypersensitive to hurting people and will go out of her way to encourage and pray with those she encounters. Maybe you identified with her story. You too had a past and are unclear on how to move past the past and find inspiration. Well, over at minihabits.com, I found how your past is the best source of inspiration. Forget the past and focus on the present. Isn't that what they always say? And there's good reason for it. The past is dead weight. It will slow you down or take you down. But as you'll see, your past is a valuable and somewhat golden reference. How do you inspire yourself? That question can be answered by peering into the days of yore. Think of the time in your life when you've been inspired, either momentarily on the spot or longer-term streaks of inspired living. Once you've identified several instances, you have a fun job. So, insert your name, Detective Blank. Your job is to examine your cases of inspiration, one at a time, and look for clues that will ultimately point you to the original culprit. Who or what inspired you? Did you do something to cause it? What circumstances brought it about? Was it a fluke or could it be replicated? As you gather the criminal inspirers together in cuffs, you'll want to interrogate them to find out what they did. More importantly, how did they get you so fired up for life? As you uncover this mystery, you'll see patterns, the same culprit over and over, or culprits that have something in common. Take note of the similarities, some possibilities you might or might not find. Whenever you see a specific movie, you feel like you can do anything. Whenever you see a good movie or a particular genre, you're inspired. You've walked away inspired an uncanny number of times after talking to blank. Every time you hear the word possibilities, you want to conquer the world. A particular song or a number of different songs set your tail on fire. Dancing in your pajamas puts you in the best mood and helps you to see the bright side. Working out fuels your passion for life. Completing a new challenge results in ridiculous energy spikes. Setting a new goal increases your heart rate and makes the day exciting. When you simply think about your potential, it makes you want to reach it. It could be a number of things, but what makes this a fantastic strategy is that you're not learning from a book or expert. You're learning from how you work. You're enhancing your understanding of what motivates you and what doesn't. If you want to, also think about all the things you've tried that haven't worked. Maybe music isn't enough to get you going. Maybe exercise doesn't impact your perspective. Instead, maybe you find inspiration by reading stories of other people who have found success in what they're doing. As you figure it out and apply what you've learned, you'll strengthen those things which strengthen you and phase out the things that don't. Soon enough, you'll be unstoppable and the government will declare you a weapon of massive success. 
We should focus building our strengths rather than trying to overcome our weaknesses. It makes perfect sense. Our strengths and weaknesses are who we are naturally. So to focus on improving your weaknesses is a little bit like not being yourself. This technique of peering into your past to discover what inspires you is an exercise of finding out who you are and making the most of it. I describe purpose as a current. When you're in the current or following your purpose, things just flow and fit together. You don't feel frustrated or put out. If you hit a challenge, you're motivated to remove it so that you can keep the current flowing. You're inspired to share this feeling with others or to help them achieve the same sensation. If you aren't there yet, don't give up. You might be looking for a revelation when it's as simple as what comes easy to you. If you've ever said, I was made for this, revisit that and dig a little deeper. Tony Fockery leaves us with five ways to find inspiration in your daily life. Found at medium.com. Vincent Van Gogh said, It is good to love many things, for therein lies the true strength, and whosoever loves much performs much and can accomplish much. And what is done in love is well done. Consider the following narrative depicting how inspiration presents itself in a person's life. Crafting a new life script means connecting with inspiration at a deeper level, like the following fictional character. Every morning after a cup of coffee, while catching up on the daily news, John retreats to his studio, a small space situated at the rear of his house. This has been John's ritual for as long as he can remember. As the hours pass, he is completely consumed by painting. It's not until evening draws near, he realizes he has been painting for 10 hours with only a break here and there. Now in his late 50s, John has been painting since his early 20s and has managed to carve out a successful career. His artwork is regularly featured in corporate foyers across the country, not to mention at regular art exhibits and private buyers who flock to his work. John represents one of many artists who are inspired and, more importantly, not afraid to put in the dedicated hours to create masterpieces. Inspiration is a call from the soul to express itself through us. Inspiration is not only confined in the arts. It may express itself in various forms, You may be inspired if you're a stay-at-home mother tending to your family. Inspiration is not defined by what you do. Rather, it's defined by the state of being one experiences when in this state. Inspiration is the expression of the creative mind flowing through you, and it's not exclusive to artists. If you yearn for direction, inspiration may be beckoning. How can you tell the difference between inspiration and happiness, since they often share similarities? Inspiration is characterized by a deep sense of joy and fulfillment. When we're inspired and pursuing our passion, time stands still, and we're oblivious to our surroundings. Those who are inspired find meaning and purpose in their work, which are key attributes. They view their purpose as a calling rather than a job or a career. They function from a higher frequency, allowing the source of their inspiration 
to flow unimpeded through every cell of their body. Happiness, on the other hand, is a fleeting experience. We may be happy one moment, but not the next. Happiness is a short-lived state. Consider these ideas to cultivate inspiration in your daily life. It's worth reiterating that you don't need to be an artist, musician, dancer, etc. to connect with inspiration. Cooking and sharing a delicious meal with your loved one at the end of a long day may be regarded as an act of inspiration since it is a calling from the heart. Number one, discover your passion and connect with purpose. What are you passionate about? What stirs your soul and leaves you daydreaming throughout the day? Those who find passion and purpose report an overwhelming sense of satisfaction, joy, and bliss throughout their life. Their spirit is alive. Not only does time stand still, one feels the expression of their soul come alive. Happiness becomes an extension of universal intelligence, which serves as a conduit for this life force flowing through you. Identify with your thoughts that foster inspiration. It seems nowadays life has become a constant battle for survival. Amid the backdrop, inspiration takes a back seat as the mind is caught up in survival mode rather than being inspired. Weed out thoughts which don't resonate with your deepest self or allow inspiration to make its way into your life. Let go of disempowering thoughts or lack of limitation since they can stifle inspiration. As you distance yourself from such thoughts, you create a space around them rather than becoming invested in every thought. Drop those thoughts which no longer hold a place in your mind and replace them with empowering ones. Develop a purposeful vision. A purposeful vision is one that is connected to your why. Why do you want what you want? What is your underlying motivation in all your actions? A purposeful vision is the pursuit of that which resonates with your deepest self. To others, it may seem trivial or a waste of time. To you, it's an opportunity to connect with your purposeful self. Pursue it with determination. Your determination to succeed will be governed by how strong your why is. If you have a strong enough why, success becomes an extension of your efforts. Your why is your call to action. It's your internal reference and guidepost leading you towards your purpose-filled vision. Inspired people can't wait to wake up in the morning. Inspired people rarely sleep in. You might be surprised to learn that inspired people are often insomniacs. Many of them ruminate in a positive way about their passion even while they sleep. They live in the present moment. They practice infinite patience since they're not bound by the constraints of tomorrow or yesterday. Inspired people do things which buck the trends considered normal by society. A number of inspired people harness inspiration by making time for brief power naps throughout their day to recharge. Not only does a 20 to 30 minute nap serve to lower stress, it improves cognitive function and stimulates right brain neural activity. They constantly nurture and feed their emotional life by creating opportunities to express their inspiration. Inspiration is an act of flow. 
The concept of flow, known as optimal experience, is a way to connect deeply with a pursuit or passion and was developed by the Hungarian psychology professor Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Flow is the inner state one experiences when consumed by passion. Therefore, a violinist may be said to be in the flow during a live performance on stage. Inspiration is heightened when one is in flow, since they're connected with higher brain regions, notably the right hemisphere. The good news is that inspiration crosses over into other areas of your life as you become open to it. Inspiration loves to be called upon, so the more space you make for it, the more readily it is available. So what ignites your passion? What allows you to feel completely engaged in the moment? Being absorbed in your favorite hobby, sport, or pastime naturally comes to mind. You might recite the countless hours spent in pursuit of that interest and the feelings associated with it. In his commitment speech at Stanford University in 2005, the late Steve Jobs imparted to graduates the following wisdom. And the only way to do great work is to love what you do. If you haven't found it yet, keep looking. Don't settle. Whilst he was alluding to one's career, we can adapt that statement to reflect other aspects of our lives where our passions run deep. Don't limit yourself when exploring ways to connect with inspiration. In order to create an inspired life, be willing to live your life from a higher perspective. This perspective encapsulates your new thoughts, ideas, emotions, and level of consciousness. share encouragementology with a friend who needs to know they're not alone in this journey of self-discovery you can visit encouragementology.com or anywhere you stream your content to receive this episode and all others follow us on facebook and instagram for additional encouragement throughout the week so i challenge you examine your past as a source of inspiration use experiences that molded and shape you to carve out a new path of purpose I know you can do it. Thank you for listening to Encouragementology with Kendall Boyson, where we find positive ways to handle some of life's challenges. Someone through until the path was clear. That's when I found you.